Working Class Audio is made possible by the support of Cali Audio, DistroKid, Sampley Audio, Audio Technica, Gearspace, and Grace Design. This is the Working Class Audio Podcast, Session 266. Working Class Audio, navigating the world of recording with a working class perspective. Here's your host, Matt Boudreaux. Thanks, Chuck. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Working Class Audio Podcast. This is session 266 you're listening to. My guest today is the NAM Show 2020. That's right. Basically, a, a very small collection of interviews with former WCA guest Kim Rosen, former guest Pete Lyman, and new guest Emily Dolan Davies from emilydrums.com. And basically, a recap from me about what happened at NAM 2020. It is Monday as I record this, and hopefully you're hearing this on Monday, and maybe you're hearing it later. It really doesn't matter. Anyhow, I'm back from NAM and uh, here to present it all to you. So uh, NAM 2020 coming up here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. Most of you already know about Grace Design and have known about them for years. Uh, they've been around since 1994. It was started by the two brothers, Michael and Eben Grace, who still run the company to this day. And you already know that they make incredible sounding products for us all. What you might not know, if you don't know them, is that Michael and Eben are two of the nicest people on the planet. Easily approachable, very knowledgeable. You might have met them at a trade show and experienced this. Without a doubt, it's one of my favorite companies out there in the world of pro audio. You might have heard me a few times talking about the Grace 908 Atmos controller. I think the most elegant solution, if you're going to be doing Atmos, that is the best solution out there, as far as I'm concerned, hands down. And prior to that, I was using the Stereo 905 controller for many years. Not only that, but most recently, I have used their 108 mic pre's to do the Room 219 combo jazz record that you might have heard me talk about. The point is, is that they check all the boxes for me. They're incredibly nice people. They make incredibly great products. They're located here in the United States in Lyons, Colorado, and employ a number of people. They're the epitome of a small business here in the U.S., and I just love that whole thing. So if you are in the market for mic preamps or instrument preamps or monitor controllers, this is the company to check out hands down. If you don't know about them, go to gracedesign.com, check them out. And if you're in the market for any of those products, you absolutely have to consider what they offer because what they offer is superior build quality and sound quality. And those of you who bought their products in the 90s that are still using them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So check them out, gracedesign.com. I know the business of audio is a frustrating one sometimes. The audio part's pretty, pretty fun, but it's the business of it and the career part of it that's a little challenging to many of us. I can completely empathize with that. And if you thought to yourself, God, I wish I could talk to somebody about this, you can do that. You could talk with me about it. As a matter of fact, you can book me for a coaching and consulting call over Zoom very simply. Just head on over to workingclassaudio.com. If you click on the menu button, at the top of the menu, there is a link that says coaching and consulting with Matt. Super simple. Click on the link, book me in for an hour on a Zoom call, and we will discuss your particular situation, and I will help you get refocused, re-inspired, and figure out what is the best path forward for you. 
If your situation requires a little more extensive conversation, we can absolutely book a series of calls and, like I say, get you focused and get you moving forward. I've been there, and when you don't have anybody to talk to about it, it's a little frustrating. So head on over to workingclassaudio.com, click on the menu button, and book yourself in for a Zoom call with me. And we can sit down and chat, coffees in hand, ready to tackle the business of audio together. Holy moly, grab your coffee cups. Let's talk about NAM 2020, shall we? Mmm. Back in the confines and the warmth of my uh, studio here in Lafayette, California. Uh, just got back yesterday, Sunday. And uh, man, what a good time. What a good time. So let's see. Let me give you a recap. All right, I got there on Wednesday. I flew in early and... Uh, I'll give you some suggestions along the way of things I think you should do if you're going to come to NAM. I flew to Santa Ana, the John Wayne Airport. And the reason is uh, if you fly there, then your ride, whether it's a taxi or a, a rideshare service like Lyft or Uber, it's less expensive. Now, for some of you, that's not going to work. Uh, my friend Bjorgvin Benedictson, who lives in Tucson, Arizona, it will take him more money and more time to get to Santa Ana than it would to LAX. So he flies to LAX. If you do fly to LAX, you're going to be faced with about a 60 to $90 drive to get down to Santa Ana, to Anaheim, to that area. And uh, so you got to weigh that. Anyhow, I flew in on a Wednesday, got in early, uh, 10 a.m. Takes me an hour and a half to get there. I met up at the airport with my brother from another podcast, Lidge Shaw from Recording Studio Rockstars, one of my good friends. So Lidge and I took ourselves a lift over to a uh, a fairly low-cost hotel, a day's in. Lidge was very insistent, and I know he's going to hear this, but he was very insistent that we spend as little as possible without getting into uh, a level of ridiculousness. So uh, I kudos to him. He did find us a great hotel that was... You know, comfortable beds and a great coffee shop across the street, Brot, B-R-O-T, where we ate uh, breakfast at every morning, had our coffee at every morning, and it was, you know, inexpensive, but man, it was really, really good. And we had a great time going there and became friends with the owner and all that. So, um, yeah, we got in, went to the hotel, uh, dumped our stuff, and then we took yet another rideshare, a lift over to... Um, the convention center and we got our badges early now that is a trick if you do come early you can get your badge early and you can beat the crowds and it really really helps now wednesday nam is not open uh there is a short i think it's like a three to five o'clock thing for media which we are and that gets us access to that and that is kind of a uh kind of a short demonstration of a very small selection of manufacturers of all the different areas. You know, maybe not all the different areas. There's not clarinets and trumpets there, but there's, you know, some, um, there's a little bit of pro audio, a little bit of musical instrument gear, and that's that's pretty cool. So we check that out, and then we split. Next day, of course, NAM opens, you know, at uh, 10 a.m., and man, a lot of people this year. A lot of people there. And here is what I heard. I was talking to, I think it was my friends over at Grace Design. I think we were talking about how typically the total attendance is around 110, 115,000, I think. Don't quote me on that. And this year, the um, 
the EU attendance alone, the EU registrations were 80,000. So taking a shot in the dark here, taking what I know of the past and what I know of what happened on this NAM with, with that, that little data point, I'm to believe it was around 150 to 160,000. I could be wrong, but I will say this. There was a heck of a lot of people there. A lot of people. And, uh, you know, you still have a great time. And everybody's NAM experience is very different. And if you're in pro audio, it is vastly different than you, if you're in like guitar pedals or something. Let's say you're in, in, in the world of guitars. That area over there in halls A, B, C, and D on the lower level is so noisy. It's like a jungle. I think I've complained about it before on past episodes, but it's really loud. It's, it's crazy how loud it is. And obviously, if you go to the drum area, it's like probably the worst guitar center experience you've ever had <laughs> because everybody's playing out of time and it's, it's, it's pretty funny. But man, I did go to the drum area because there was a lot of really cool drum sets there. Even though I really don't play anymore, it was just really great to go over there and check that out. For about 20 minutes is about all I could take. Then I head over to, to Pro Audio. Now, Pro Audio has its own separate building. There's an upper level and a lower level. And some Pro Audio manufacturers are still in the ABCD uh, area of my, you know, musical instruments and DJs and stuff. Uh, Universal Audio in particular seems to always want to maintain their main spot where they're at. And uh, of course, um, other companies decide that they're gonna, they're gonna stick it out in, in the old hall because they like where they're at. I prefer it in the, uh, the Pro Audio Hall. It's very, um, well, it's not very quiet. It's much more quiet. It's not completely quiet. One, one thing that I saw this year was that uh, some booths got shut down. Yeah. And how you get your booth shut down is you exceed the noise level that the NAM folks deem appropriate. And they come around with a decibel meter, and if you are exceeding your your if you are exceeding the sound level they will shut you down they will put a black curtain in front of your uh, booth and they will put a sign up that says this booth has been shut down for noise violation and you know quite honestly there is a lot of noise to be made and it can get a little chaotic so a little bit of courteousness on the part of some of these manufacturers goes a long way Fortunately, in Pro Audio, a lot of them are working off headphones to show you what it is you want to check out. And uh, that helps to cut down on the noise level. Anyways, I saw a lot of great stuff. Um, Here's some of the highlights. I went over to the Audize booth. Man, those guys make killer headphones. <laughs> you know, uh, I listened for a while, and I know it's not the ideal environment, especially for open back headphones, but they have some closed back. And I was listening to Miles Davis kind of blue over there. and Man really really cool so i enjoyed that uh as usual i uh checked out uh the uh whitestone audio p331 which i am now going to get i've made a decision to purchase one and dave and kim rose and of course kim who's going to be on today's show that's their product and that's something i talked about i don't know two years ago three years ago it's been a long time in the making and you know i mean they're a small company so it takes a while to kind of put something like that together and uh anyhow i'm gonna get one i'll tell you all about it at a later time but uh so odyssey whitestone audio uh what else did i see 
God, there was so much, it's it's really hard to recap. Um, you know, the usual suspects are there. Um, Avid had a big booth, and they have some new interfaces out, which was uh, interesting to see. And uh, just good to, you know, go by, like, for example, I'll give you, a, let me tell you something. I've, here's a great example, once again, of a company that does great customer service. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, I've praised uh, Grace Design in the past, and uh, they do they do just such a, a great job at uh, answering the phone. In fact, I'm looking here at my Duro meter. Duro has done a great uh, service to me in the past, just with you know good old fashioned kind of customer service. So I bought a pair of these, not the biggest latch lake stands you can buy with the round base, but the tripods, because I have a pair of AEA A440s that I have to put on there. And you need a you need a killer microphone stand to put an A440 on. They weigh like eight or nine pounds, and you certainly don't want a mic of that price level to drop on the ground by using a crappy stand. So, on the advice of Vance Pal, Vance just said, "Dude, quit fucking around. Just get the latch leg stands." And so I did. And uh, once again, Vance was right. And so I got the stands, and I got these. Um, little additions that you put on the end of the stand so that you can have a mic droop downward. And in the case of the A440, it allows it to, to sit upside down. And you know, it's, I think you all know what I'm talking about. It's a little rotating uh, piece of uh, piece of kit that you just, you know, you attach and it's well built. Well, I got one and I think I got one of probably, I don't know how many thousands of those things they make, but the little attachment that I got while it worked for my big band session that I did, um, eventually, by the time I got home, it had crapped out. It had just not, wasn't working. And I was really kind of pissed off about it. But I took it with me to NAM. I went straight to the Latch Lake booth and I said, hey guys, here's the deal. Here's what happened, you know, gave them, the, gave them my sob story and they immediately said, yep, no problem. We'll take care of it right now. And they uh, took it apart. They figured out what the problem was and it was like, just, you know, a once in a, it was like a r very rare manufacturing defect that had occurred. And I, it's like, it was like winning the manufacturing defect lottery. I won. And uh, fortunately it didn't destroy my mic and they replaced it on the spot and completely solved the problem in under a couple minutes. And we're very gracious about it and apologetic that, you know, that I happened to get the one in a gazillion that didn't work, but I did. And they took care of me and it was really appreciative. I was very appreciative of the fact that uh, that uh, Latch Lake did that. So, hey guys, if you're listening, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, what else, what else? Um, anyways, well, you know, so I got there on Wednesday. I stayed through Sunday. I screwed up and thought that I was leaving later on Sunday. And in reality, I don't know why I did this, but I booked my plane ticket to leave Sunday morning at 8 a.m., which would mean, you know, typically you'd probably leave your hotel just to be safe by 6, 6.30. You know, but uh, I called Delta and uh, my, one of my favorite airlines and uh, they, for 25 bucks, they, they just said, when do you want to fly? I said, I don't know, like one. And they said, sure. Yeah, we got a one o'clock flight to San Francisco. We'll take care of you. Just give us 25 bucks. I was like, done. So that opened up uh, more time for me to, to hang with uh, Lidge and Chris Salim from Mixdown.online. And I met uh, Frank, uh, I think I'm saying his last name right, Frank Jolly, who is the front of house person for the band Simple Plan. 
those of you who are parents will recognize that band. That's the band that does the theme to the new Scooby-Doo song, which I still cannot get out of my head. So yeah, uh, we hung out. We got to hang out with our friends uh, Bjorkman Benedictson, of course, from um, uh, Audio Issues, uh, Brian Hood and Chris Graham, former WCA guest Chris Graham, from the Six Figure Home Studio, our brothers over there. We got to get together our, our whole crew of uh, media folk, and uh, we hung out and saw stuff. And, you know, day after day, I think uh, Saturday, no, maybe it was Friday, maybe it was Thursday. Crap, I can't even remember. I'm so tired. Anyhow, did some uh, sponsor business and went and hung out, did some stuff, and then uh, started to bring my, uh, I have a like a, messenger bag like a Timbuktu bag and start to haul around all this crap all this podcasting crap to to carry around I say crap it's it, my tools to get interviews done so of course my my sound device is mix pre six and some audio audio technica mics and some headphones and, oh and before I forget we had a great panel the power of podcasting uh, ballroom a at the Hilton it was absolutely jam-packed they had to turn some people away it was incredible I couldn't believe the interest and we had some great people on the panel too we had of course uh, Lid Shaw recording studio rock stars Chris Graham from Six Figure Home Studio Larry Milburn moderated from uh, Roadie Free Radio and we had uh, Fela Davis former WCA guest Fela Davis of course most of those people are former guests uh, Fela Davis is uh, doing a um, a a business in New Jersey now where she actually caters to those who want to do podcasting. And I'm going to have to have her back on for a short run at some point because she's got to talk about what she's doing. It's really great. And I think it's a possible income stream for a lot of you. And uh, I'll follow up with Phelan. We'll, we'll get her back on to talk about that because I think it's really cool. And yeah, we had a great time. We talked, of course, all things podcasting in a very uh, short hour. And then we went outside after the fact and we talked to a bunch of people about more podcasting stuff and our shows and stuff like that. So that was a great time. Originally, I recorded uh, these parts that you're listening to now in my hotel room and I went back to listen to it. And I sounded like I, I had just fallen off a cliff. I was like, hey, this is working class audio. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, and I was talking like I was so low energy that I couldn't, bear to send that out to you all and make you fall asleep. So here I am, it's Monday morning and I'm going to publish this episode today and you're going to get, you're getting the fresh, the fresh mat, right? With the coffee and uh, a good night's sleep and uh, rested legs. So there it is. So um, if you're going to come to NAM 2020, um, keep an eye out for the dates. In fact, I think they've already, the, the dates are already published for 2021. I encourage you to come. It's a great time. You get to see if you're uh, if you're you know a fan of a lot of uh, audio professionals. You know, just kind of speaking in the audio audio sphere, um, you get to see a lot of your heroes and get to hang out with the. And as far as hanging out, you know, it is what you make of it. You know, it's the friends you make. And fortunately, I was able to you know go to breakfast with Andrew Sheps and Chad Blake. For those of you that uh, follow my Instagram feed. And uh, ran into producer Linda Perry, who I uh, haven't seen in years, but we were in competing bands in San Francisco in the 90s, and we got to chit-chat for a minute about life. And uh, yeah, you just get to see a, a bunch of different uh, bunch of different folks. For me, you know, like I, I take 10 steps and I run into a, a former WCA guest, and it's, you know, it's hugs and how you doing and blah, 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 blah. And anyhow, it was a great time, and uh, uh, once again, I encourage you to go. So uh, 
what do we got coming up here? We got uh, we got Pete Lyman, we got uh, Kim Rosen, and we got Emily Dolan Davies. Such a such a great name of Emily Drums coming up here for you to check out. So uh, let's get to it. Let's just let's start with uh, Kim Rosen here on the Working Class Audio Podcast, Nam Twenty Twenty. Hi, Kim. Hey, Matt. How you doing? I'm good. We're here at NAM 2020, and we're uh, at the Whitestone Audio booth, which is a great place to be, honestly, because this chair is just all too comfortable. Of course, Whitestone Audio is a company that Kim and her husband Dave have, because Kim's a fantastic mastering engineer who masters a lot of work for me and does a killer job. Anyhow, it's always a pleasure, Matt. Always. We're here hanging out. So you came from New Jersey? Yeah, we came from New Jersey. Set up, set up on Wednesday. Show started Thursday. And uh, a really great crowd, really great vibe here this year. It always is. It's nice to get out and see friends, meet new people, show them the amp. Yeah. Uh, let them listen to it. Nine times out of ten, they then want to hear it in their room, which is the best way to demo it, of course. You're such a drug dealer. Well, and then it's really hard to let it go once you hear it in your room, as opposed to on a showroom floor. And I was convinced after hearing it on a showroom floor like years ago. That's saying something. So. You got good ears, man. Well, that either says that, you know, <laughs> I'm easily sold or or you actually have a fantastic product, which I'm actually going to get a hold of. Yeah. Kids are in New Jersey. How do, you and, how do you and Dave make it work where you guys are here at NAMM and the kids are back there? And- you know, a lot of support from family, their willingness to kind of just take the reins when we need to take off. Yeah. Uh, it's really a, a, a blessing for us. Right now it's currently snowing in New Jersey, which is kind of wild. But then you also leave the confines of your mastering studio. So how do you manage? Do you just like put work on hold and come here and do the NAM thing? So yeah, I mean, ideally I would have uh, an assistant or someone there to, to take over for me, but uh, I currently do not, which is a bit of a, a, an added stressor yeah. um, to be to be honest. But I'm, I'm pretty, on top of things, making sure that I'm proactive about even any potential things that might happen and contacting current working clients and just making sure they have what they need and they know I'll be gone for a week and I'll be back. But it, it typically, I would say, typically works out with, yes, a little bit of extra effort to prep before I go. So you've got family, you've got the mastering business, you've got Whitestone Audio. Do you come in and out of, out as far as time allocation, and allocating time to coming to here and and marketing the Whitestone Audio Box. Well, how does abso- that work? Absolutely, D- Dave really is the one that takes the reins as far as um, you know ahead of time, making sure that we have all the right promo and posts out. People know you know where the booth is, what's going on, or uh, panels that I might be on. Um, you know, Dave really takes the reins with that because I really balance that out by taking the reins with like the, the childcare planning and and work planning. Um, we're really good at splitting duties as yeah. necessary to, to kind of stay on top of what needs to get done. And what about panels? You, you uh, Did you do one panel or two? I did a panel for um, Produce Like a Pro with Warren Hewart. Yeah. Um, we did a mastering panel. It was really, really wonderful. It was a nice two hour panel. Didn't feel like two hours, but we covered a lot of topics, I feel, answered a lot of questions. Um, you know, mastering panels sometimes feel like they're all the same, but this one just had a great energy. It was a lot of fun. And do you prepare for those panels at all, or do you just show up and go, 
I'll answer questions. This particular panel, there was no preparation for. We really just kind of sat down and, and had a conversation about, you know, the state of formats, streaming, vinyl today, uh, each of our experiences, um, how we deal with clients, how we communicate with clients as far as making sure they have a master that sounds the way they want. Yeah. The best way to do that. It was informative for me. You know, it's always great meeting new mastering engineers that I haven't met before, hearing their perspective, their point of view, it quite often aligning with my own point of view, which is, it's very reassuring. Sometimes you wonder if people think about things the way you do. And it's kind of cool to find out that they do. And in fact, we all kind of experience the same thing as mastering engineers, same kind of clients, same kind of problems to solve, things to educate clients about. Do you ever come away with new revelations about, you know, I talked to so-and-so and I think I'm gonna change the way I do X. Similar to that, but not quite. Someone will articulate something that I think in a way that I work doing something and they will articulate it in a perfect way, whereas I might not have been able to say, like, this is how I deal with, you know, sibilance, or I don't like using a multiband compressor. It's a simple statement, but if, I'm, if it's something more complicated that I have a hard time explaining and I hear someone explain it, I'm like, oh yes, right, that's a great way to communicate what I wanted to. Well, it's good to see you. Have a great rest of the show. Safe travels. You too, Matt. We'll see you on the next project that we, that we do together. Awesome. Thanks for coming by. Oh, thanks. Bye. Kim Rosen here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. Let's keep the show moving. Let's jump on over to Emily Dolan Davies here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. All right. So I'm here sitting on the floor <laughs> with Emily Dolan Davis of... Is it emilydrums.com? It is indeed, yeah. Emilydrums.com, and you're probably thinking, well, why do you have a drummer on? Why would you have a drummer on? Because I'm mentally. a drummer, too. Yeah, it's true. So <laughs> All the best people are. We're, uh, we're taking a rest here because our feet are killing us, our backs are killing us, and it's uh, Saturday, midday. Ish. About 2.24. Yeah, I'm so tired. Anyways, <laughs> Me too. Emily uh, and I met. I'd been to her website before, and I really, I really liked what you do, and I thought that it was an interesting angle to talk about with my audience because basically you live in London. I do, yeah. And you you play with some high-end people too. I'm very Who are lucky some of the people you've played with? So uh, in the past I've played with people like Brian Ferry, uh, the guy called Tricky who's like a trip-hop artist in oh, the yeah. UK. And um, people like Cher Lloyd who you guys know over here but she was like didn't do much in the UK. <laughs> uh, who else? Um, the Darkness. I was in a band called The Darkness for a oh, while. Yeah. And then I played with the Thompson Twins and Howard Jones and I'm currently out with Kim Wilde. We're doing our Greatest Hits oh, tour this year. And I'm also on the, the Voice Kids. I'm on that TV show in the UK as well. Uh, in okay. the house I keep myself busy. <laughs> you keep yourself busy. But what's interesting is, is you have this online business of doing drums remotely for people. So let's say, uh, you know, I think I just said it, what, what it is. But for those of you that don't get it, basically, I can send you some tracks yep. and say, Emily, can you put some drums on this? And you'll charge me some money and you'll send me some multi-track drums back. That's basically it. Everyone's then, happy. That's then, my aim. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Uh, how did you get into that? Well, it was a really interesting thing, actually. So it, w it came off the back of playing with The Darkness. So mm. I parted ways with them back in, uh, I think it was 2015, sort of around May 2015. And in my experience of working with bands and artists, I thought, right, well, I know now that nobody's going to call me for the rest of this year because people will just think I'm out working. So let me actually take this opportunity to sit down and think about 
the things that I love about my job and mm. the things that I maybe don't like so much. And let me think if I can find a way to capitalize on the things that I enjoy. And I sat down and I thought, right, okay, what do I love? And this was part of the reason that I left The Darkness was I love playing with loads of different artists and, right. and playing loads of different types of music. Um, and I thought, yeah, I want to do more of that. Like that was literally the thing that broke me from working with them. So I thought, well, I've definitely got to capitalize on that because I've just made this decision and I need to make sure it's the right one. Yeah. So I thought that, and then I thought, okay, I love playing songs. I've always been a song drummer. Songs is what gets me more than anything. Lyrics especially, like just love them. And also because I'd been on the road for so long at the time, I thought maybe, you know, I just got married. Uh, well, no, sorry, we were engaged at that point. And uh, I thought, oh, I'm actually with someone that I enjoy being around. It might be quite nice to actually be at home sometimes, which was quite an odd concept for me at the time, because usually I was like, get me on the road. I just want to be out there. And I came up with this idea of, well, why not start a remote recording business uh, studio? And I knew a few people that were already doing it. It seemed to work as a business model, if you like. And I mean, to be completely honest, at the time, I was like, I know nothing about recording, like not really. I'd sort of done sessions in studios and stuff. But to me, I looked at the setup and I would just be like, oh, I don't, cables and, and buttons and, you know, faders and I don't understand and sort of like freaking out. You know, I come from a background, I'm sure similar to you, drums, you see a drum, you hit it, it makes a noise and it just makes sense, you know? And all this other stuff was like, oh, there's like electricity involved and, you know, and all this stuff. So I just thought, right, I'm going to have to really commit to learning about what I'm doing as I go. I mean, I'm the kind of person that works well under pressure. Mm -hmm. If there is an end result that needs to happen, I will learn it. Like, it's just the way I've always been. It's it's why I luckily get called for gigs and I just go, cool, don't know how to do that. I'll, I'll work it out. Yes, I'll do it. Um, and it was very much that. And I still, I mean, we're all still learning. We're musicians, you know, we're always evolving. And, and that's the wonderful thing about what we do. But I really was starting from pretty much zero. And I mean, the studio has been going for three and a half years now. And I'm still learning. But the, the learning curve uh, to get where I am right now has been it's been amazing, actually. You know when you first start an instrument and you, you learn so many things so quickly and yeah. you feel really, like, proud of yourself? Right. There was. A, there has been so much of that over the past three and a half years, so. So, I don't normally go into gear. That's I, good, because I'm useless when it comes to gear. So do you basically have a kind of a permanent setup of mics, uh, mic preamps into a DAW? Yep, that's and literally And you just kind of leave it as is? Yeah, so I have a studio room that is set up, the drums are set up. I mean, I'll swap out different drums and snares and cymbals and stuff if I feel the need to but I have like a mainstay kit and the same with the mic setups, which has changed over the years. Like I tried a few different like combinations of things like Glenn John's kind of style yeah. of setup and things like that. But um, yeah, I found a sound that I really like. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm 100% happy with it. I will be continually tweaking it. I'm trying to just make it the best that it can be. But um, yeah, I've, I just I found a sound that I like that when I send out stems to people, they're happy. They have lots of options. You know, I send out 16 multi-tracks to them. Uh, so they really do. I mean, I literally was like, surely you couldn't want any more options than what I send out. And, and you know, I've never, no one's ever come back and said, oh no, could you do more? <laughs> you know, I'd be a bit worried wow. if they did, to be honest. So what are the biggest challenges in dealing with people from, I assume around the world? Yeah. What, uh, as far as, 
you know, obviously language barrier can be a challenge. Yes, definitely. Um, language barrier and then over email. That's an interesting oh, combination. Yeah. yeah, it can be a, a little bit, sometimes, you know, people th put things in ways where it might get my back up a bit, but then I just try and step out of myself and go, all right, Emily, get over yourself, first of all. And secondly, like, they probably didn't mean it in a bad way. It's just you're reading it, you're reading into it in a certain way. So I basically have a word with myself, slap myself around the head and go, just chill with it. Uh, so that can be a bit of a barrier, along with things like time difference when you're doing revisions. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love working with Australians, but they are the worst in terms of, like, projects because it will take two days to get revisions through from them. And then, of course, I've got to do the revision, and then it's, like, another 24 hours before I hear anything, and it's just like, oh, my God, this is so frustrating when... You know, I've got to get on with other projects which might have slightly different drum sounds and mm. it's just trying to navigate it in such a way that uh, it becomes like I can I can do the most I can from my end of things, you know? Yeah. Do you ever uh, Skype or, or video chat with the clients? Very occasionally. It's interesting that you asked that actually because I've been chatting uh, to our mutual friend Chris Graham about that and he just said to me, why don't you like chat? And I have... I have this weird phobia of speaking on the phone, which probably sounds a little bit strange because we're chatting right now, but uh, I think I might start doing video chats with people because I, I feel like it would add to, I'm all about connection with other people. I love people's stories, whether that be through music or just chatting to them or whatever it is, um, but that really helps me. Whenever I speak to a new artist, I will, you know, in fact, every song I ever record, I ask the person if they don't mind, telling me about what their song is about and what it means to them and the emotion that they bring to it so that I can then hopefully relate that feeling to my own life experience and bring that to the song from my side if you know what I mean. How, how did you come up with the the financial structure like what did you do like how did you decide to, what you were going to charge people? That is a good question. Well, at first, because I literally was starting from zero and I was like, I am not qualified to be charging yet, I started out reaching out to a few friends who did have a bit of a background in, sh in studio work. I mean, there's this wonderful producer called Robin Miller. I don't know if you know him. He, he produced all like uh, Sade's stuff. And, oh, okay. I mean, he's just amazing. And I've known him for a very long time. So I would like, I reached out to him and I just said, look, I explained the situation. I said, would you mind just having a listen to the sound that I'm getting and just help me? Bear in mind also, this guy is blind and he emailed me back after listening to these stems and he was like, right, yeah, no, overall sounds great. But he'd be like, but you see your hi-hat mic, I'd say move it like 15 degrees away from the kit and I reckon that that will really, and I was like, I, my mind is blown. This guy is amazing, but the fact that he's literally saying these minutiae without a, being there, and B, being blind. I mean, it was just amazing. And, you know, the generosity of people never ceases to astound me. So I started off doing that. And then what I did was uh, I reached out to artists that I knew. Mm -hmm. And I sort of said to them, look, this is a new thing that I'm doing. Are you? Do you need any drums? Uh, if you do, pay what you want or pay what you can. So it gave me a gauge of what they thought my value was, as it were. And I gradually just sort of built upon that. And it's sort of gotten to a place now where I, it depends on the project and all of that sort of stuff, but mm -hmm. I'm charging a nice rate that, you know, and it means that I can really spend the time with the client and with the songs and, and just do the best job that I physically can for wow. people. That's great. Well, so I'm going to put a link in the show notes, emilydrums.com. Uh, 
If you need any drums, folks, <laughs> reach out. Emily's a total sweetheart. And, and, uh, is I'll, pay, I'll pay you later. <laughs> You'll pay me later. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, make it out to Working Class Audio. Yeah, I will. Um, <laughs> uh, no, you're, you're one of my new friends, and, and I'm yeah. really happy about that. Last question. Um, is this your first time at NAMM? No, it's actually my second. I came here 11 years ago, and it took me 11 years to get over it. And then I was like, right. I think I'm ready, and now I feel again like I need another 10 years to get over yeah, this. Yeah, well, I'll see you in another 10 years, yeah. and, and uh, we'll talk then. Now, have you seen anything here that's of interest, or do you pay attention to the audio side and the drum side? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Also, I was just walking around thinking about this. The drum side of it is like my base. It's like, so this morning I was walking around the pro audio section and I was, as I was walking around, I just was feeling so insecure because I was like, I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know what's good, what's not. I have no idea because I'm still learning really. Uh, but I, I said to you just now, um, I sat in on Greg Wells's uh, Mix with the Masters yep. Masterclass, which was just, it was mind blowing. Not, I mean, he wasn't even mixing, he was just talking and it was, just this profound information and I was almost just bursting into tears. I was so moved by what he said. But what I meant was once I sort of uh, coupled with this insecurity, followed by this like smash in the face of emotion, I was like, I, ju I just need to go to the drum section so I can recenter myself. <laughs> so yeah, it's an interesting sort of juxtaposition. And then meeting amazing guys like you has just been a revelation. So for me, this show is not necessarily about the project, uh, the product. It's about the people. Yeah. And uh, honestly, when I tell you, I have had the most amazing time the past three days meeting. In fact, weirdly, meeting people that I work with online who I would never have met in real life because you know we both live at opposite ends of the world. Uh, and then meeting meeting up with old friends and then meeting new friends like yeah. yourself. And it's just been so inspiring and just fun. And music's fun at the end of the day, you know, nobody's going to die. Yep. We're just having a nice we're, time and we're very right. lucky to be we're able not, to do not, that. We're not doing open heart surgery. No, exactly. And, and yeah, it's been wonderful. But I'm very glad to say I won't be here tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Well, emilydrums.com, safe travels to you and thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks All for right. having me. Cheers. Hey, our friends over at DistroKid have created the DistroKid app for Android, which allows you to do some key things such as check your stats from Apple and Spotify, edit release metadata, upload new releases, and a host of other features. And remember, WCA listeners get 30% off your first year at DistroKid. And if you just head on over to workingclassaudio.com slash WCA30, you can follow the link, get your 30% off, and be off to the races. So check our friends out at DistroKid and make sure and get your 30% off by going to workingclassaudio.com slash WCA30. About a year and a half ago, I signed up for Sampley.app and I have to report back and say that I'm completely thrilled with it and it's working out quite well. It gives me the ability to upload mixes and masters to the website and provide a super pro looking interface for my clients. They can drop comments in the timeline. They can listen on any device. They can listen to it in high res. And if I want them to pay for the mix or master before they download it, because of the Stripe integration, I can set that up. There's also Dropbox integration, which allows me to quickly create a folder in my Dropbox, which automatically syncs with Sampley, makes it much more simple. You should check it out for yourself. 
but there's a deal to be had. So use the code WCA20. Go to Samply.app or Samply.app. Use the code WCA20, get 20% off, and you'll be off to the races. It's a fantastic tool that I think you're going to enjoy and will definitely make you look a lot more pro when you're delivering files to clients. Skip that whole business where you send it to them over Dropbox. That looks totally amateur at this point. Use Samply.app and use that code WCA20, and I think you're going to be really thrilled. Sampley.app. Check it out. Emily Dolan Davies here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. Once again, let's just keep it moving. Let's head on over to uh, Pete Lyman here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. Hi, Pete. Hey, Matt. How you doing? I'm good. Pulled you over to the side here, like a cop, to just uh, check in <laughs> with you and uh, see how it's going here at NAM 2020 for you so far. And what's your main purpose here? Uh, it's been really fun this year. You know, I, I just come out to basically see clients and see friends and manufacturing friends. And I did a did a panel yesterday. What was your panel? We did just sort of a and a over at Audio Alchemist. So that was really fun. Basically, I'm just kind of here to hang out and schmooze and see my old friends. And socialize. Yeah. We've had on you, Dave, Piper, and soon we'll have Dan uh, Bocciglupi on. Great. And uh, so Infrasonic is all too well represented on Working Class Audio. <laughs> How is it that you managed to run a mastering service that is based in Nashville, Oakland, and Los LA. Angeles? I, I mean, we're lucky. We have a really good team. So uh, we have a great manager, Raylan Janicki, and she keeps everyone organized. And, you know, Piper kind of floats around quite a bit between Nashville and Oakland. And, you know, it, it ends up working out really well. I mean, for instance, I, I flew into L.A. a little early and I ended up having to do some work. So it's really easy for me to slip into my old room in L.A. and work for a day and go back and forth. Because you and Dave have very similar setups, if not identical setups, right? Yeah, they're a little different now. Strangely enough, Piper and I have very similar setups between uh, between Nashville and Oakland. but. We all have the same monitoring, uh, so we're all running PMC BB5s in all the studios, all the big studios. So that makes it really easy to just slide in, you know, spend a couple minutes adjusting to the slight differences in the room and get to work. It worked out really well for us. And have you seen anything at the show on the gear front that is kind of tickling your fancy? Nothing new, honestly. Nothing new, I know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I get to see all, all my friends at Rupert Neve and Mag and, you know, Burl. And it's, it's great just to, to come and check in with them and see what's new. And do you try to go all day, every day? Not every day. <laughs> so this is day two. Okay. I'm still on the fence about day three. Okay. I have one more day in LA, so I may just use it to see some friends, but I, I, I'll more than likely I'll end up coming, coming back here for half a day. Awesome. Well, I just wanted to pull, pull you over and ask you a couple questions and uh, you're free to go now. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> love <laughs> you, buddy. All right, love you too. See ya. Bye. Pete Lyman. Here on the Working Class Audio Podcast, NAM 2020. It is all done, and uh, what a great time. Anyhow, thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate you all listening. It was great to run into a lot of you listeners and uh, love the support. Really, really appreciate it. Our friends over at Cali Audio have just introduced the brand new LPUNF system, which is meant to give you everything you need from a studio monitor in a package that you can basically set up anywhere. And the system is specifically designed for your desk. So no matter how else you're using your desk, reflections from the drivers to the desk to your ears are accounted for. 
giving you a perfectly clear picture of your mix that you can rely on to translate well. Whether you're putting them on stands behind your desk, on a desk away from walls, on a desk against a wall, on a desk on speaker stands away from the walls, there's a number of configurations and they have settings on the back to accommodate all of that and more. And if price is a concern, never fear. They're priced at $299. That's right, pretty affordable. Head on over to CaliAudio.com and check out the new LP UNF. Uh, so I want to thank everybody. Of course, it helps out with the show all the time. That includes Anne-Marie Plow on the editing, Cliff Truesdale on the Working Class Audio theme song, and Chuck Smith with that big, big voice of his there at the beginning of the show. Uh, spread the word, as I always say, and send me a message on LinkedIn. Reach out. Talk to you later. Until next time, take care. Hey, I know many of you are aware of this, but for those of you that aren't aware, Working Class Audio sponsors the forum over at gearspace.com called Audio Life. And quite simply put, it's a place where audio professionals can go to talk with other audio professionals about things other than audio gear, including life hacks, work-life balance, health and hearing loss. You know, if you want to talk with other audio professionals who can identify with what your lifestyle is like and how it relates to things going on in the world outside of audio, this is a great place to go and check out. So head on over to gearspace.com, check out Audio Life, many of the same topics that we discuss here on the show on gearspace.com. So check that out. <laughs>